Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by LinkedIn. LinkedIn is good for businessmen. It's also good for people like you. I saw someone on LinkedIn who said they were a homeopathic hypnotherapist seeking existential epiphanies. You can seriously put whatever you want on there. The Anecdotal Experience is back again. Another podcast with my buddy Richard Manriquez. This is a long one, but good. It's it's only long because it's good. If they suck, I usually try to cut them off at about nine minutes. But <clears throat> this one's like two hours. It's great. We're talking about... Richard made a movie, and then he also ran a nail salon. Two things he didn't know much about at all when he did them. What's that experience like? Man, remember when I was doing, I had a kick where I was saying, what's that like? You don't know what that's like. I'm not gonna do that right now. But this was interesting. I learned a lot from Richard. What's it like to try something? What's it like to fail? I don't like it when people are like, yeah, I was gonna do that. I might actually still do that. Uh, I'm gonna make a web series or I'm gonna open a brewery. I don't know, you know that type of shit people be doing. But then they never do. You ask them about it and there's always a holdup. Well, that's lame, dude. Do it. Go fail. Have a disaster. Um, it'll be fun. Let's do this. Richard Manriquez. But, you know, also think she's not vegan. So I also was thinking, like... Is that a deal breaker for you? It's a deal breaker. Like, ultimately, oh, if we were, like... Dude. If we can't cook on the same pots, you cannot cook on my all-clad pots and pants. Like I can't have meat. Like I've I've gotten to the point as, as far as <sighs> dude, you're narrowing down. I know. Yeah, you're narrowing down your selection, dude. I am, but I'm like, this is what I want. Sure, sure, true. I had a friend in uh, Cincinnati. This is good stuff. You can talk to him, Mike, if you don't mind this stuff. Um, I had a friend in Cincinnati who is a sober guy. So I, I like I was talking to him one time and he like hooked up with a ton of chicks, but he's like, yeah, man, I'm just like, you know, I'm looking for like a, he's looking for a sober girl. Like he was looking for a girl that didn't drink and that was like really important to him. Yeah. Um, and I understood that because I, I mean, if you're out like at a bar and people are drinking and stuff, like most people in Cincinnati, if you're out at the type of bars this guy would go to, cause he's in music and stuff, like these girls are drinking, dude. So if you can't be a part of that, I can see how it's, if that's a major part of your life, then it's hard to connect, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I get that. But yeah, you're narrow. I mean, you're in the right town, but even still, you know, I would say that, stipulation knocks like 90 percent oh it's yeah a good good percentage because i would say oh you know what 95 because i'm gonna say 10 percent of people are vegan the dateable people are vegan Mm -hmm. um and then or at least say they're vegan and then and then like that goes down to 95 percent if they're as vegan as you (laughs) do you know what i mean like actual vegans yeah yeah you know i think there's some flexibility in me dating a vegetarian but i really want like someone who's aligned with that was that other girl you were dating like when i first met you was she vegan which one was that 
I don't know. I didn't really know a whole lot about her, but you were dating her for a bit. There was it when we were at IO together. You were dating some girl when I met you. Oh yeah, no, that was my girlfriend. Yeah, she was vegan. Yeah, she's vegan. Okay, and it's been great. Like, I think that was another thing easy for like, oh, you're vegan. Yeah, let's we could go do vegan things. That's not, dude. You, you know? need like that's that's it sounds like kind of ridiculous, but no, it's like no, you need I mean, things you can connect on and do yeah. together. So, yeah, I get that, but it does like. Yeah, it does narrow it down a bit. Yeah. It's like your lifestyle, you know? Yeah, and I think the... And if I do go out with somebody, it's going to be... If they're not vegan, they're all... And then, and this, I'm not saying like it's a bad way. It's their way of doing, right? We all have ways of living our life and that's just not... It'll be a short-term relationship. It's nothing I foresee like long-term. Okay. Like me, move, when I say long-term, like us moving in together getting married and all anything yeah anything yeah. like that um where you're actually sharing life yeah yeah you know i feel it's that. not in that realm it's not it'd be like oh just be a short-term thing casual yeah i can do that right yeah. it's just casual dating for that it's it's open but for like something serious something deep something really intimate would have to be you gotta hit that vegan check mark yeah, that's f- totally fair, dude. That's, you know what? We're, dude, we gotta start developing this dating app. I feel like we have some really great ideas for narrowing, for people that are serious about finding someone to share their life with mm-hmm. and like what's actually important. I feel like there's, I feel like we've got something. Cause like, you know, there's probably like, like a dating app that's for vegans, you know? When all you really need to do is just have like, oh, what are these things? Like, let's for my buddy John, like mm. that he doesn't want a girl that drinks. So yeah. you make a sober girl uh, and you don't want to, you want a girl that's a vegan. You can like check those boxes. So it's like, okay, everyone I'm looking through is vegan, you know? So yeah. it's like, I can drive, I'll drive to Long Beach if I feel like I'm really going to connect with someone because they're vegan, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. Like, um. Okay, Cupid has that feature, oh, they but, do. but they don't know, but it's not full. It's like they put vegetarian and vegan into the same bracket. Not the same. And it's not the same. Yeah. You know, because there's some people who are like octo-vegans and that includes like eating eggs or... Um, oh, so they're vegetarians. They're like vegetarians. Yeah, yeah. They're, sorry. They're not octo-vegan, octo-vegetarians. Okay. Um, you know, there's types of vegetarians, you know. Pescatarian. Some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They eat maybe some just i just eat chicken sparingly or this right i'm like if you eat chicken or you eat fish you're not a vegetarian right you're not that's like drives me nuts i was like you're using the wrong word it's like saying like i'm a virgin but i like i have vaginal intercourse from time to time yeah (laughs) you know yeah. Like that's like, not it's it's like diametrically opposed. Right, it's on correct. opposite sides. Like the thing that you defines that term, you do. You're not a yeah. vegetarian. <laughs> You're eating meat. I'm sorry. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, I know you agree with me. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. You're a stickler, you know? To be much more stickler, um, when people say they love animals. Okay. And then, like, you, and you eat 
the carcass of a cow or chicken like you don't love animals your 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 idea of what love is is misconstrued like it's like you're more like i love cats dogs giraffes not cows because i eat fucking i eat cows fuck cows cows. (laughs) i'll eat their dead bodies yeah so so when i'm going through these it's like i love animals and so immediately i my mind goes oh you're vegan no wait you love sushi you love uh fried chicken you love um a big t-bone steak i'm like you don't that's on you dude is that me that's on you dude if someone if someone says i like animals that you cannot interpret I, you know what but like if that's how you interpret it cool. a, yeah but like when i if a, someone says oh i love animals they like cats and dogs they like petting cats and dogs and throwing you know plain fetch they don't that doesn't mean that they like won't eat a hamburger well what about when people say men and women say i love i love sports okay. and then they're like oh so you like cricket you like racquetball you like golf and they're like no 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 i just like baseball football i'm like okay you only love those things sure. you don't love sports you're too you're you know? too literal it's nobody's like oh i love sports i love the general idea of competition i love that's everything. what it is yeah it's you're like, ridiculous though dude like, you can't if someone says I like sports. That means they like, they follow at least one sport or they play at least one sport. That's, to me, that's what it means. So you're like, you can't, if someone says I like sports, you can't like quiz them on like cricket champions. I don't think that's fair. You know, like who's the, yeah, I think so. So what do you say if someone says, do you like sports? I don't. You don't like, yeah. I mean, I like, I'm like, I like football. I like specifically say things like, I'm I'm not really uh, into sports right now. Okay. So it's like, but let's say it would be, you know, but I get it. Like, yeah, I probably, I enjoy the competition of all sports. I really do. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I follow I, it, but I definitely am like, I respect it. And I'm like, I do like sports, like legitimate sports. Like, yeah. What would not be a sport? Hmm. Like, if someone was really into water polo, if they, like, watched it on TV, they really yeah. like the Olympics, and I asked them, like, do you like sports? And they're like, I love sports. But they just had this very esoteric knowledge of water polo. I would say, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. You don't like sports. You like water polo. Yeah. In and general. I mean, obviously, we're generalizing, but I would, yeah. That's what I would say. But it opens up to a new, more, like, nuanced conversation, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think I enjoy those conversations like that. I think that's no, just another side note, like the nuances of what we're talking about. Like with big parties of people, I'm like very introvert. Yeah. Uh, but then once I get to know you, like if it's like one-on-one and like we get in a conversation and I find something that you're really curious about. Yeah. Or passionate about, I'm like really engaging, like asking you all kinds of questions and your thoughts process behind that mm-hmm. that's totally what i do as well i think especially if i'm at a party or something or if i'm on a date with someone it's like a game trying to figure out like what's going to get this person really talking mm-hmm. what is their thing that they really enjoy talking about you know yeah because that's where you can like find their heart you know like uh, yeah. what they're into so Sometimes you stumble upon it and it's like bad stuff. 
Do you know what I'm saying? What do you mean like bad? Like, here's my example. Sometimes I'll be like searching for someone's thing. They're like the thing that, you know, gets them going, the thing they love talking about, the thing they just won't shut up about. I've been, I've like talked to people. I think with dudes, sometimes it's like not women, it's sex. Like they'll talk about sex. Like that's where they're like sexual exploration uh, or like, you know, a lot of times it's not even sex. It's just like being like women in general, like conquering women, like looking at women as like a conquest. Mm -hmm. So I think with men, a lot of times I've encountered that where I'm like, oh, dude, that's your thing. Like that's your thing or money or something like that. Or like their shit, their car, um, you know, or some, something like that where it's, I'm not interested in. And then I think sometimes I've encountered this when I've been on dates. Um, I'll stumble upon it and like a girl's thing will be drama. It'll be like her school or work drama or family drama. It's usually not family drama. It's like school or it's it's like, oh, okay, that's their thing. And that's fine. A lot of people like drama. That's cool. But I find it, especially if I don't know the people, like Mm -hmm. painfully boring, you know? Yeah. And also if a dude's talking about like, like cars and like suits and stuff, I kind of lose interest, you know? But then we're talking about suits and cars, like the deeper thing is what are they trying to get validation from like other men, from society, from... Yeah, but that's, you know, like a stranger trying... Do you know what I'm saying? Like if I really were to, if you were to do that, if you were to encounter some guy at a party who's like, won't show up. And if you're like trying to unravel the reason why he's fixated on material... Mm -hmm. That could get awkward. You you know what I'm saying? I think if you're looking at it from trying to bring it to their attention or maybe argumentative, but just more just more of curiosity. Just be like, oh, that's interesting. And like, why do you like, like, you don't say like, why do you like cars? It's kind of like, what, like, did you grow up with like, did your dad have a, or uncle have a garage or like, whoops, how did you get interested in that? You know, I'm more of just curious of how what feels the, you know, right. Their like, mind. How did you get to this? Yeah, how did you get there? Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's interesting. Because then you start seeing them much more. It, within, when they talk about something that they're passionate about, they start getting much looser and like, sure, they reveal more of themselves to you. But it, I'm not, I'm more of observing it. And I'm not like, oh, we're not going to be friends because... I don't like cars. I don't really care for cars, but you love cars. Like, even if someone likes, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, okay, cars is a bad example because if someone is really into actual cars and they're like, I love engines, I love this, I love that, that could be very interesting. If they're if that's what they dig and they just like like souping up cars and stuff, I can be I can be like, dude, let's talk cars, man. Mm-hmm. What's like the best car? I like that shit. But when someone's trying to phrase something in a way that it's in a way that's like trying to impress me with their oh, yeah. what they have, that's a little bit I guess I don't find it interesting because I connect to it. I get insecure. You know, I get I want to flaunt my shit, you know, to make myself feel good. Like I get it. I understand mm-hmm. where that comes from. Cause I think it's pretty ingrained in all of us, you know? Sure, sure. So but what if like you feel if you do feel insecure 
And then you're like, oh, I do have insecurities as a human being. Okay. Let's say, I'm, let's say specifically me, like as a, uh, a mixed uh, ethnic male. There's some insecurities that I have, like me exposing that, me sharing that with you. Like, I feel really good about that. Like, I don't feel it's a vulnerability. Like me just like telling you and learning, I'm like, oh, I am also scared of that. It, 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 it makes the conversation very different. Nobody really talks about that. You're like, you know, oh, I buy, let's say cars. I, because I feel the sense of, I never, I had a, I feel um, a lack of self-worth and this is kind of helps validate that. And I can be like, I, I understand. I know what that feeling is. Um, you know, I buy brand new shoes sure. every, because I feel that same way, but I do it through shoes because it's what I could afford. But even then, if I could afford a car, like, then maybe that's not way how I would exemplify, like, how to get over that or or hot mask that kind of vulnerability. Yeah. You know, maybe if we were to share each other's, um, we have the courage to, like, share that vulnerability with one another. You know, there's going to be a lot more of um, um, a stronger bond will be created, you know, an understanding. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. But I think a lot of times if you're, it takes a long time to get there A time. It takes a long time to get comfortable with your insecurities, you know? So, you know, a lot of times if you run into someone and you start talking to them and you've realized their insecurities, you know how they overcompensate, they're not ready to talk about it. You know, even though you notice it. Yeah. But you're right. Once you get there and it's, mm-hmm. it's a completely different conversation when someone's vulnerable with you which I, I it's it's funny once you are vulnerable with someone mm-hmm. it's like you don't you wonder why like why was i scared to exactly you know yeah. so and that's a really good place to be like why why did i do that right you know and there's an, another point like you don't have to now that you shared your vulnerability with me i need to share mine it doesn't i don't think it has to be that no, way not at all but it's because it, i've when i was younger and i've met people who were like that I didn't, I didn't know what to say. I was like, that was a lot of information, personal stuff that I've gone, that I'm going through. Okay. Um, and looking back at them now, I'm like, that took a lot of courage and inner strength. Like they, they were self-aware or they're just like owning themselves, their body and who they are. And I'm saying it, it, it almost like plants a seed or just shows that you could exemplify that you could be that type of person oh like inspiration yeah an inspiration yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely if you're not ready to you know or not not say ready but so you don't want to share that yeah you know whatever it may be i've done that i've overshared sometimes where i was like you know that wasn't like appropriate or i wasn't ready to like yeah but i i do know what you mean sometimes you do talk to someone and you're like wow that was you yeah, it's pretty awesome because you can also just talk to him about like, man, that's there's no you're not holding anything back. Mm-hmm. And I also don't have to worry about. Yeah, there's something there when you're when you're kind of masking that it sucks when two people are having a conversation, they're both masking their insecurities and they're both kind of saying things to make the other one. Do you know, you know, oh, yeah, like almost also pumping each other up like full of like, sure, we're all like or masquerading around. Yeah. Or tearing each other down in a way, because you could just be saying things like, oh, I want to make you feel like I'm better than you. But it's so disarming when you're just like, I'm insecure about this, man. And it's genuine. It's like, oh, 
that's you can be authentic with the other person because you put your walls down you know there's nothing to protect you know Mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. so what's the tell me about what what are you into what are you insecure about what you said being a this is the pod are we started yeah started. it's happening man oh this is interesting um I thought there was an introduction or... No. Okay. No, it just kind of like fades in. Um, it, yeah, it just kind of like fades in and then it's going. But uh, yeah, if anything you don't feel comfortable, I can always edit out, so... Um, Insecurities. Yeah, you said being a like, mixed race actor, you feel some... Like, what, what's that like? Um, so growing, I, like growing up, I lived in a multi-cultural and multiple like socioeconomic area Uh like i lived on a border not like the mexican border sure Um, but like you know i growing up i thought i was middle class okay definitely not middle class learn like it was more of a working class family definitely working because like there was no money my mom or dad weren't working there was like Mm -hmm. who's gonna pay their rent and then literally uh, like two blocks over there's like um middle class and upper middle class and there's like the there's like levels of working class i I just got to more of like oh i know what that is and then what i look like it people i never felt like i was associated with one ethnic group okay because different parties would kind of Accept me for just how I looked. Okay. You know, it'd be like either it was like Asian, um, Hispanic, different types of Hispanic. Like I, I grew up predominantly in the, predominantly like Mexican, if it was Latino, like a Mexican neighborhood. Yeah. Um, they would uh, clump me in into that, even though my mother is, she's Peruvian. Okay. You know, and I grew up, so my mother, she cooked. So I didn't have, I didn't grow up with like Mexican food or Mexican festivities because my, my mother was yeah, Peruvian. Peruvian. It was yeah. like South American stuff, uh-huh. you know. Um, but my friends were, where my friends were like from uh, Guatemala or um, Honduras, um, different Puerto Rican. Um, so, so I didn't really clump to anything or I didn't like associate with anything. And also growing up, it was just like, I didn't have an identity. Like, I identified with with multiple cultures and multiple ethnicities. Okay. And so I never felt like I was fully on board with like, you know, I am this 100% and only this because I'm not, you know, I'm not Irish. Sure. You know, if you lay me like, oh, that person's Irish, you kind of just call me in as Mexican, but I'm like, I don't know what really Mexican culture is. Right. I don't... I grew up with the music, um, but I don't identify. I didn't, and actually, to this day, I don't really. I prefer other types of music. Like I grew up with like classic rock and like Latin jazz. Yeah. So the Latin jazz aspect, most of those uh, musicians were from like the East Coast and like Puerto Rican, Afro-Cuban, like Latin jazz. Sure. And so listening to music here, and I come from a kind of a musical family. Um, just I didn't vibe with it, and so being like an actor, it's it almost feels like I don't still identify with the roles because I I've always 
played other things. I, I never it was like when they say like, oh, we need a, a Mexican uh, speaker who da da da, whatever the breakdown is. I just mm-hmm. it, I I still have to put in work to what that is because I don't I don't. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're like, okay, you look Mexican to the people casting. So yeah. They're like, yeah, this will be easy for you. Just do this, uh, and be you know, you know. Borrow from your culture and your history. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, uh I don't know. I, I don't know. One of the roles I've I portrayed was uh, like a human trafficker who was like supposed to be from Ecuador. Was it okay? This is your movie. No, this wasn't my this movie. Wasn't, this okay. was like a NAFI uh, film, and the Spanish there the accents and everything was ecuadorian like there were certain phrases that right and i was like oh did he does he know i'm i don't really I yeah don't, that's not you that's not me um, but you know we're, we're called to play as an actor like different stuff sure right? you know but one i don't speak i'm not fluent in spanish yeah i could understand it i just can't articulate articulate it well okay um but then I was like, what does that mean to be that? What is that background like? What? You know, for me, I like to do like research and, and embody the character, you know? Yeah. And it was just, it, it does take me work to do that. Um, but now I'm more embracing my culture. And it's another thing now, like now I'll, I'll, I also have like a Native American blood in me, like mm-hmm. from Yaki. They're like from, so they're like Yaki tribe is from from the Sonora area. Okay. Um, like in Arizona, there's like a reservation there and that goes down to Mexico. And um, I'm much more embracing that those cultures. But when I was younger, I didn't really... Sure. How so are you embracing it? And do either of your like, parents like embrace that culture? Yeah. Uh, well, they, they have allowed me to explore that more. Like I remember my dad, um, he used to work for um, a leather company like milk making holsters okay like holsters and like saddles and so he would take us out to these um, they're called um i think they were called the uh, crossroads like kind of like the wild wild west um kind of, i don't call it a convention of sorts okay. where people come in and they sell leather goods sure they have literally like cowboy shows cowboys would literally show up you know like do trick shots like yeah it's a culture it's a culture yeah right? and i remember growing up and doing that and um now i'm like I did enjoy that. I, I didn't. I'm still trying to think why we didn't kind of do it more. Also, my, my parents did get a divorce when I was younger, so there was also when that was kind of as we were as I was being introduced to that. Yeah. That with my father being away, like I stopped. I was taking martial arts classes as well, and mm-hmm. when my parents got a divorce, it was like no more martial arts classes. Like I would only see my dad on the weekends, and martial arts was like on a Tuesday night. Okay. You know? So things stopped. So that was something he was kind of. Yeah, he was the one who would like take you there. Do you want to go to these classes? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, and he's okay. like, I'll take you. And you know, now I like I go to powwows. I'll go. I've been reading a lot of books like on Native American history and just informing myself of um, teachings and um, reaching out. Like I also got to like play a role from a native tribe that's indigenous to uh, the San Gabriel Valley and Long Beach called mm-hmm. the, the Tongva tribe. And that was 
interesting because it's it's a I didn't really know about them like what they how they did things how they lived their life and and me um, reading researching on that I was like this is really cool like how to how they lived and how they're how they prospered and how how their outlook on life was and as as I've noticed how I got deeper in touch with myself mm-hmm. um, and my growth and spirituality it kind of similar in parallels of like Native American culture, just some of the things I can like, Oh, why didn't I, you know, know about this earlier? And it's fine that I didn't know, but I'm, I'm definitely. So you think like your like anthropological background informs who you are now? I feel interesting. I think so. Okay. So you, when you're reading through and you're doing the research, you're kind of like making sense of your family and like your behavior or just ideology or what do you think that's the difficult question like part of it you know is like how much is it like i didn't grow up like with any of that information um but now that i do research I, i'm i'm like oh maybe this is why i'm a um i like doing things this way and how i things you know i don't like but you know it could be in the environment i grew up in and, and if you look me and my brother are a bit are quite different so is, is it is it nature versus nurture is it how sure we grew up in the same household why are we not what was the age difference three years you're i'm older okay yeah well how is he different from you um he's different in the sense that one of the differences is like uh he really enjoys meat you know, he's a right. carnivore. Well, I mean, like, you know, I'm like, I'm really interested in like, like seeds and about spiritual work and like going into like sweat lodges or, you know, sp- going into camping and kind of being kind of camping, exploring like nature. Yeah. And he's more of like, he's not like <laughs> that shit. He's like, yeah. yeah, he's all about, no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm just going to have my. My beverage of choice and just gonna knows what he likes knows what he likes and he, you know i like to explore and like travel and he's he's totally fine where he's at does he okay does he look more uh does he look more like native american than yes he? okay he does look more yeah interesting Inter- which yeah. is not what you would expect at work he gets jokes of that of that nature he has brown red skin Okay. And he has like a prominent nose, like it's Okay, like facial you know, attributes. Yeah, right? it's okay. just, and he has long hair. Oh, that's like that's you know? that's interesting. You when you look at him and he You can tell. You can tell. You'd be yeah. like, that's not a Mexican kid. It's, that's a he's like Okay. There's there's native blood in there. Like for sure. Like yeah. you're like there's no doubt where you're like this stop and you know, and he, he does get he gets strangers who talk women that he dates, they ask him. Yeah, you know, I he's had strangers walk up to him and literally say, "I love the color of your skin." That's and weird. He, and it's, it's weird. But he was like, whatever. He he looked at him. He's like, uh, "Thanks." And then they would ask, like, "Are you Native American?" And he's like, "Yes." Yeah. And then he'll just walk away. <laughs> that is awesome. You know? So they're probably expecting with his long hair, especially. They're probably yeah. expecting. Um, him to kind of indulge them on like yes, his, yeah, yeah, 
you know, I'm. They tell him about his like Indian name and all that. Shit. Yeah, yeah, and he just walks away. Just like, yeah, man. So do you think? I don't know. So I guess then it's just more. That'd be the argument for being more nurture, I guess. Just whatever experiences you had that got you more interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. So. We were like only three years apart. Went to the same school, same high school, same parents, same, um, you know, both when our parents got divorced, that's the same thing. There's things that happen in our life, but you know, who knows what happened in those you know, when I was, uh, what he did in high school, you know, that Sure, changed. that was different than what you did. Yeah, I know definitely coming into high school, this is interesting, is like, my year, when I got into, um, when I was a freshman, was like the last year of gangs. Okay. Like, like, um, like when I went to school, there was a lot of um, Hispanic and, and like Asian gangs. I was a freshman, seniors, Asian gangs, Asian, um, Hispanic, Hispanic gangs, tattoos, affiliations. And after they graduated, that was it. It was weird. It was just like all dried up. There might be maybe like, maybe in the subsequent years, like maybe one, two, two persons, you know, maybe it might have been affiliated still, mm-hmm. but th- I'm talking about really like you go to lunch. Yeah, there's just, a group of guys. Sure, there's gangsters there's in gangs. the lunch. Yeah, yeah, two different. Yeah, yeah, different. And yeah. so he grew up without that. He grew up. What do you think? How do you think that affected? What the like? How do you think that affected the two of you? The different. I mean, I don't. Less fear in some sense of like. You know, am I going to get beat up? I never got beat up. Sure, but, but the threat. You know, just yeah. like the, the, a threat, right, of like, oh, if I, you know, have an altercation or discussion or disagreement with this this kid, is seven of his friends going to like, all going to jump me? Sure. You know? Yeah. Where now he, I know when I was a senior, he was a freshman, there was, the, the cliques were skaters, I don't know, goth, non-violent, sports, non-violent groups, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you can walk around a bit differently. And, and I don't I can see that changing your temperament. You may, your demeanor okay. a lot. I, but it would, it would also make me think that you would be less inclined to travel. Right? If he was, if if you were instilled with a little more fear, I feel like it would make you a little more the type to hunker down and stick with what he knows. Right. Yeah. You know? So maybe yeah, but it also maybe it's a touchstone of like um, mentors and coaches sure. and people I've had like to this day, like how I got um, into acting or what sparked really a genuine interest. Like when we were younger, me and my brother would like record ourselves like. We didn't have like a setup like this, but um, like an old school tape recorder and yeah. like we would do like wrestling match. We'd host wrestling matches. Sure, yeah. We would be having an announcer and that would be me or my brother and we'd put on perform performances, right? Um, and I, it was like, I'm going to be an astronaut or I'm going to be a WWF or now WWE wrestler. Right. Like for sure, 100%. Like I'm going to visit options. space. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to be dropping like high flying kick. Sure. Yeah. 
they go hand in hand. Those are my interests. You know, it'll be one or the other. Yeah, yeah. And um, but like specifically when I was a sophomore, um, one of my Spanish teachers, Mr. Linford, he got sick, and um, for like two months we had a substitute teacher, and um, she orchestrated a field trip to Santa Monica Row to go see a play called Fences by August Wilson. Oh, they made a movie, right? They made a movie about yeah. that at Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. And I saw that professional play and it, I was, you know, growing up like martial arts, sports. Right. Like, I'm a tough guy. Right. Machismo, uh-huh. all that. And I see this play happening between Troy and his son, or the characters, and men you know fighting for what they love and having a crying fit and they're like crying and fighting for what they want and i'm like i know that feeling why what's going on here which inspired me kind of spark that like i see grown men who are able to show their emotions yeah and be okay and then get applause for showing that Oh, so the vulnerabilities of the actors. Yeah, vulnerability of the actors. So I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I need to try this. I I, I, I need to do this. Interesting. How old so, are you? When I was 15. Okay, so you were able to process the reading. Yeah. You knew why you liked it. Yeah. Well, I knew that was like, there's something going on. I got to touch touch this. And, and like so touching back, my brother didn't. He didn't have that experience where like a teacher took him out to um he he plays guitar he's a musician um and you know he expresses himself through through music or through his guitar playing um and i i express myself through you know acting through performing using my body being the instrument sure so um but that's one of the teachers i had that was like just thank you very much for that for that experience for somehow telling the school to be like we're gonna go on a field trip and these kids are gonna go see a play yeah that's that's really that's awesome and that's kind of the way how it goes and i think my parents tried to do something like that for me i think they had that real you probably do it for your children too but just like my parents tried to expose me to as much as possible Mm -hmm. we didn't have a ton of money you know but we had like we could do all, but basically my parents were just anything I wanted to try mm-hmm. and they thought I might be passionate about or be interested in, they were definitely going to do everything they could to give me the opportunity to see if I liked it, you know, maybe like take me to a play or, um, you know, buy me a guitar. Those are actually two things, you know, they would, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's important. It's just exposing yourself to a lot of things and you can kind of figure out what, I don't know if it's nature or nurture, but what's, what's calling me? Yeah. You know, what's giving you that feeling? Yeah. You know what? And if my brother were here, I think he more or less, he knows what he likes and doesn't like. He may, he maybe not might've known that already. Right. Like, he might've already ex- done his exploration. And we all have, I think as we walk on earth, have our own exploring still to do, but there's some major things when you're like in high school yeah, and you're like in your early twenties, mid twenties, like still working stuff out. Yeah. Even now as <laughs> some 30 year olds, you know, myself work, included. Yeah. Any years, you mean, yeah exactly. me too. You know, maybe he was like, no, I, I enjoy having my, you know, 
What's my Pabst Blue Ribbon and yeah, you know, and just chilling out, dude. Respect, man, because that's something. I mean, I talk about this with my friend. Like, I have a friend that uh, stayed in my hometown um, and got married. Still works in our hometown, a couple blocks from his parents' place. Um, he's got a good job, you know. He's got a nice house and everything, but it's something that. To me, that life is I'm not interested in. But for him, I get he found it early. You know, so guys like us, you know, we've done a lot of stuff, but we haven't, you know, we're still exploring. We're still looking for it versus a guy like that or a guy like your brother. I get that when they're like, you know what, dude, have fun. Go explore, like live your life, do what you want, but don't project that onto me. Mm -hmm. I found it. I found my lot you know i like wake up every day and like kick ass because i enjoy my life you know yeah so yeah. some people just find it early man yeah and i think he's he might have he he might have found it because he's i asked him how are you doing he's like i'm okay i'm doing well i'm doing good love it you know and i guess i've always been curious in exploring um always questioning things and challenging myself Sure, yeah, man. And so... What other things have you done in your life? I'm not, like, trying to lead it anywhere, but, like, what uh, what things have you done in your life that you were like, I'm going to try this, and then you did it, and you were like, holy smokes, I didn't know, I had no idea that I was going to like that as much as I did. Well, it would... When... So, after, like... The whole act, like acting bug I got and diving in and going to Santa Monica College initially. And then those teachers kind of, you know, telling me, you know, if you really want to do this professionally, you should find a studio or conservatory program to do it. Mm-hmm. So did a two-year program um, acting over here in Burbank. And uh, after that, I was like, I'm just going to be an actor. And I'm just going to act. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got an opportunity when I was at the uh, uh, Sanford Meisner studio. Um, I invited a coworker at the time to go see my showcase. And he liked what I did. And because we had to work together, um, he said, what else do you do? I'm like, I just act. He's like, yeah. I'm okay, well, I'm, I'm making this, I want to make a film. I've been doing it probably, maybe at the time he's been like six years doing it, like film, like filmmaker, like submitting films, his short films yeah. to like film festivals. And he's like, I, I want to work with you, but I also want to collaborate with you if you can write something. Oh, uh, right, yeah, um, hmm, um, okay. Um, so I, I wrote some small, and, and at this point, too, I always have been writing, like whether it's like poems or short stories. And so I didn't, but I didn't, I didn't connect the two. So when I pitched him an idea and we were going back and forth, we, we fell into a place where like I became a co-writer on a, on a feature length film that we got to produce. And, and I didn't come on as a producer. Like, I didn't think I'd be a producer. Didn't start that way. You didn't start. I was like, I'm just going to act. And, but I necessity for the film to you know to 
to come to fruition, like he needed somebody to help him. Right. So I, I, I was that person. More than just that. Yeah, more, more than, than just that. Right. So yeah. the risk in like with that was like developing a story, writing it, have casting, being on the other side of the table. People are submitting to your project, coming on in, doing auditions, and then you're like, oh, oh shit. This is ha- this is happening. Like I have, we're getting a budget. We're getting crew. We're, right. we're getting. I'm building. We're putting together the cast. We're telling them when we're gonna shoot. We scatter locations. This is happening, and then it's like, can I really do this? Sure. Because I know where I'm at. I know where I want to be, and I I know where I don't want to be. Like as far as like a creator and as an artist, right? And someone who's like looking at it like pragmatically as far as like can we even do that like i've never done this before like i don't want to fail i don't want to fail this person and these people who invested their time with us because yeah it's it's you know that expectations expectations i mean that independent film called that we did in 2013 called uh abstraction was like 20 20 to 25 days with a couple like add-on shoots that we we had to do and i didn't know like how long a film would take to shoot right especially an independent film like what what does that look like yeah and then after making it it was like wow we made it and it was like now we have to sell it yeah gotta make your money you gotta make your money back and i'm like and that, that was your responsibility too yeah that was part of like all right how do we package this how do we how do we put this together now it's because it's like there's there's so many ideas in the ether that all artists have and we all have great ideas amazing ideas the difference is is how can you how can you execute those ideas um and so great i have this great amazing play or this um screenplay we should it's amazing it's great but it never happens or there's like you have uh you know i'm not gonna say mark our script was great or amazing or bad or anything but it was like we had something Mm -hmm. we made it happen it's done post-production is done Mm -hmm. we need to screen it we need to put in film festivals we need to get our money back like now there's another challenge to do that and i was like oh I want people to see this. I want to see, yeah. you know, this is why we went in, why I wanted to do this, right? If not, I could just got done a black box in in a theater, right? And just kind of got my own artistic, creative outlet out. You know, I we set out to like, this is what we're going to do for this film. And yeah. like, those were like, I thought I was done. I mean, I thought I was like, we did it. We did it. It was done. All right. Yeah. What's next? No, yeah. no, you have to sell the film. You have to go to a, a, a film market. You have to like hit up distributors, sales reps, yeah. read contracts, understand how much you're going to get screwed. Because, you know, some people are there off wanting like 35, 20%, 15% of like sales. Right. You know, and then charging you for Blu-ray and DVD costs and marketing and branding costs. So like, what is this? Yeah. You know, you're, you have to, you only recoup your um expenses after a hundred thousand dollars has been that that they've recouped you right. know I'm like once they get their money yeah, back now like, well, it's your turn to yeah take it from is. The so pile. it's like it, it's it steps away from being like the creative 
yeah, it turns being into a you business. are. It turns into a yeah, business. You built a product, now you got to sell it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that also in- introduced like the I- understanding that if you want to become um, a film actor, let's say, it's, it's you know, you've heard that term like is show business. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a business. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like it sacrifices your artistic, artistic credibility. Sure. It's, it's you have to work with the two. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you have to expand a bit, and you know, or if not, have somebody in your corner, have have a producer yeah, that have does a guy that, that you, can, you know, and not yeah, you just have to be open to that. And so that was one of the first challenges, and that was like I made that when I was like twenty seven, yeah, you know, and and then we got some awards and um sold it, and you know you know doing other creative things but now then now the next challenge is is to do it on a maybe a a bigger budget yeah you know what did you find to be so you you know you were involved in pretty much the whole entire filmmaking process what were the parts that you discovered you did like and then what were the parts you didn't like um what i did like was the collaborative effort with everybody Mm -hmm. from like um costume designer um prop master um scripty to post everybody because they're all bringing something to the table and knowing that you are i don't want to walk in the room being the smartest person in the room it's just i like to learn from everybody and i'm not there to be like the lead person in the costume design that's not but i do want someone who who can tell me why we should go with this right you know and and their experience and their their knowledge i'm like oh that totally makes sense you you know yeah let's do that um i do like that part and and also let's say the other actors too collaborating with them because so not only am i an actor but i'm also the writer and, and also one of the producers so it's like i'm i'm really open to what is your input on this and yeah and we can make the change it's but let's let's discover that together right and not you know if we were just two act like it's different now if i get casted just solely as an actor all right I'll get cast as an actor right. I, I know my You're role mercenary, do that's, what your job do my yeah, job yeah, that's true. it um what i d- didn't like or was difficult i'd say was the pro- wearing the like literally like doing a scene and then saying cut um and then now it's like all right um we have to order crafty um this we oh, only have the bullshit yeah yeah and it's like oh um we have to get the permits for this um looks like mm-hmm. they didn't get back to us in time or how about this like it's um so our film was supposed majority of it's supposed to be in snow well it's we did we were um, filming like in january and then early february and and um due to let's say if you want to call it global warming mm-hmm. um went up to the mountains and there was no snow it literally like as we were going up it was like snow had melted okay so the things that incorporate in the script that required to be in the snow we had to rewrite it as as we got up there right so that changed things and it was a headache because now you have your actors that were supposed to do x y and z in the snow or it, it makes sense because they're why they're what they're doing isn't it's snow it also informs the audience that it's still winter or where they're at now it looks like a desert 
Like, yeah. did they change locations? How do we reestablish that, that it's the town, the same town now that, okay, now is there like a, a time lapse that happened from their first robbery that sure. they did? Uh, where are they? It requires explanation. It requires explanation. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh man, how do we, do? and you already, also, let's say you have your actors working eight hours. The crew is working more than eight hours because they have to build this, right? They have to sure. like put yeah. everything up, lighting, how that's going to do. So they're there hours beforehand. I'm there with them. Actors come on, we do our thing. Actors leave. I'm still there helping break it down yeah. the set. So my day turns into like 16, 18 hours. Yeah, dude. And then I'm like, all right, call time's at da da da. And because it's an independent film, it's not like, um, guys, we're just going to push it back a bit because uh, it's not that. It's just like, if you really... Yeah, it's you happening. To, it's happening. You don't... It you, cost money to it, delay anything. Yeah, yeah. you were five, five, four hours of sleep. You're going to have to push through this. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, that was challenging. Man, I didn't like it. But sure. I would definitely do it different now. D- this time, I will find, seek out people who, you know, if they're like able to do to become in like a producing capacity to give them you know those responsibilities as much as i can yeah definitely like it, it's opened me up like even less stunts so like we had a, a scene where like a guy was driving we had a, hired a professional stunt driver and, and stunt guy stunt coordinator to flip a car flip mm-hmm. a van yeah and you know the the director was joking. He can do it. He just put on a helmet and we were laughing about it. Yeah. He did it. No, no. I, I was, was like, say, no, we're like, going to have to pay the money. Show up. Yeah. No, no. Stunt guy did it. Got a pipe ramp. Like the pipe ramp was maybe like four feet off the ground. Yeah. Right. Driving 60, 75 miles per hour, flipping a van. When you see that happen and you're like, it's an independent film. He has, he's done everything um to help uh, rig the car to be safe yeah right? but things can go wrong and when he flipped it he was fine but it was just just to see the car flip in front of yeah. you no effects or uh, just like flipping crash sliding this guy sliding yeah. i was like he's he's dead yeah you see that in real life you're like that it, guy died he died for sure yeah they come up um his guy comes up to him looks around i'm far away from it i can see it okay you know and then he gives a thumb thumbs up and i'm like as human you know wow. i'm like oh my god and then i was like how did you do that i it, and then i my respect for stunt um stunt people like i'm like no we need a stunt person they this is this is their job yeah you can't have the director do it i can't have the director i can't yeah. have myself do it you know if it's something like that it's, ta- no. it's taking away a job that's one right and two it's like that is not what i what i signed up for leave I'm, it to the pros leave it to the pros man yeah. like you know there's a scene the car that's flipping um i'm supposed to be in it yeah you know and i'm like much respect to you because yeah you know i mean they should get paid the big bucks dude. they're risking their lives they're risk, man. Yeah, yeah there's you know i mean just this past year a few stunt people have died yeah you know on the bigger on studio lots yeah no, and they're not. It's not. I mean, they the do everything like, right. Yeah, so they got big liability. Yeah, and they. Yeah, I I did a 
there's a did background and a couple episodes of great as anatomy and there's an episode where um a guy gets set on fire and so i watched that shit dude they set him on fire <laughs> they put us this like weird sweater on him yeah you know um they set that dude on fire for three seconds if that and there was a ordeal man they people were gathered around ready to put him out and they did you do one take for three seconds and you and that's it yeah it was like because you think like oh they know what they're doing it's like no that dude is he was on fire dude it was like yeah and at the end everyone claps everyone claps it's because the reality of the situation is like a man was just on fire and he's perfectly fine now. Exactly. Thank yeah. God. You have, you're like, hey, yeah. He's fine. You yeah. have to just like, it's amazing. It like, is amazing. Can you imagine you putting yourself on fire? Yeah. It's like, and then knowing like you're okay, maybe some hair might have burnt off, but like you yeah. literally set yourself or someone helped. Sure. You know, yeah, you're exactly. on fire. Your whole body's on fire. Dude. Yeah, and that, that was a really yeah. It was it was a it was a reality check for me because I think we take that for granted in movies. We're like, well, they know what they're doing. They're pros. There's no way anyone would ever die. Yeah. But then when you actually see it in person, you see someone flip a car, and you're like, dude, maybe like 19 times out of 20, he doesn't die. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. How many times can you do that stunt where yeah. like you increase the probability? It's 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 like every inch counts every yeah you have to take things in consideration you know them might have like if a guy's jumping through a window and they do have breakaway glass but it's just is it from a for, uh second story building third story you know you've seen like films where like yeah. they go through a window and then land like there's so many things that can go wrong exactly you know in that and then when yeah just for that, just for like that two that seconds, scene. three yeah. seconds, that, yeah. you know, that adds production, that adds, that helps suspend reality that you're in this world. Like you, it helps the film. It, it helps what in that reality that you're in, you're like, oh, I believe this. This is, this is real. This is happening, you know, yeah. forever. If it's a 30, 45 minute, even like an hour plus feature film, like all important all artistic too it's like you know can't cut corners man (laughs) definitely not with stunts no um yeah that's crazy do you know what it costs you to get a guy to flip a car um could you guess or no it depends on on where on what what you're flipping you know it's like Ten thousand. Let's just start at ten. Sure. And what are we doing? Because you have to include how fast is going, how far is it getting? Yeah, where yeah, you at? That, the permits yeah. at the pole. Like even like, so. Uh, some of what we filmed in the San Bernardino. Like, we had to block off. Um, one of the permits was to block off um, the highway, and you have to have um, the permit from the city. Um, the fire i can't think of the name right now uh, oh yeah all that right you have to hire them and, the permits yeah. for that and then you have to, and if it's on like on a highway you have to or a street let's say just in my case a yeah. highway you have to hire uh, police officers or sheriffs um to block off and you have to pay for their time yeah in a minimum of four hours i believe at an x amount of rate so even if it's even if you're just because you, and you only have one shot 
Right. It's like you're going to flip a car. Right. It's, you only have one independent you film. You be rolling. It's yeah. like rolling. We had like yeah. seven cameras yeah. to get all angles. We, we stuck a GoPro underneath the undercarriage. We stuck yeah. a GoPro in the car seat, like in the rear. So we got the, in, so when the car's flipping, we got the, the uh, footage of it from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you have to pay for that. Fire marshal is the name. You know, the okay. fire marshal has to be there. Um, and so minimum four hours for everybody the crew that's there it's, it's like it's a lot of how money how many seconds is it in the movie do you think maybe like six seconds yeah but yeah you can't fake it you can't fake it you had to it's just it's just there yeah and you're like wow you know and it was it was I you know I learned a lot from that and now when I when, I have a much deeper respect for all films, but say independent films that incorporate stunt work. Yeah. It's like kudos to you for pulling that off. Right. You know, cool, man. What, um, what would you advise anyone who's going to like be a part of a production like that? Um, like in a similar role that you were in, you know, they're trying to kind of produce, write act put everything together like what what are those things you said okay i do this differently you cannot do everything okay and oh but i gotta i gotta save money uh i i got yeah if you're an actor right and that's to say you're an actor you give share the work yeah um that's not acting you will develop great relationships you will have better sleep mm-hmm. um you entrust somebody because that's their job right and when you want to say someone wants to produce and they're looking to get their maybe their foot in the door or just get another um you know maybe foster a relationship with you have a conversation with that person and see if they can come on board Mm-hmm. You know, and then take some of that responsibility. Um, yeah, divvy up the work. You, you can't do everything. A, a lot of, if you look at Hollywood right now, or let's say other, in any business organization, the leaders of those organizations have a strong support team. Exactly. Let's say like Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. He has the same people. They all work together, right? They all support one another. They all, why do you think they work together too? Is because right. they, they all, you know, have a trust and they like working yeah. with each other. They, I trust you, you know, Joe, you can do this and you'll mm-hmm. take care of that. But you're also maybe also one hell of an actor or human being. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to spend 20 days with you Yeah. in a small, maybe, town or big city wherever it may be you know mm-hmm. that's another thing um yeah don't be also afraid to share your ideas like this idea too of like somebody's gonna steal your this amazing script that you have oh sign this sign this nda don't yeah, worry about it don't worry about it your idea has already been thought of it's it's already in the ether it's probably already in a script it's probably already on the the blacklist mm-hmm. of sitting somewhere yeah um 
I don't know. I'm not saying your idea is not unique, but like I've had, you know, friends are like, you know, I shared a script with them and they're, I wasn't worried about them signing an NDA. I was just like, Hey, I know you, I know this. And if you take it and you make it great. Yeah. Um, I got many more ideas. Sure. It's not like that's my golden egg. Yeah. Don't don't even think that you like that one thing and that's going to make you who you are or what you want to be. Yeah. You know? It's like limiting yourself. You have so many ideas inside of you mm-hmm. that if you if you're thinking you're crafting something like this here, it's like your baby and you're like it's your, this is your golden this is goose. It. This is this my is, ticket. This is yeah, yeah, this is my golden ticket. Yeah. And this is you are holding on to that idea right instead of releasing it and then allowing something else to fill its place sure you know we're like and and when you finish the script you're like i'm done i'm moving on to the next one maybe i'm gonna set up a table read have sent it out to agents have another one coming in because another thing can happen too is like they love it and they like want something else yeah or they're like you know oh i love this this is not really in my wheelhouse wheelhouse to make yeah but what else do you have another genre that you know you're like yeah i got this too or even right. if you're an actor and you're working on characters and you know work on multiple things yeah let everything open doors in whatever way it may you know yeah that's interesting because i know a lot of people like that they get one thing and then a lot of times that one thing dude doesn't pan out yeah it's highly disappointing from them but yeah i don't understand it's like dude you you making that thing let's say let's say you make a movie it's colossal failure it's like it's all part of the process you're yeah. the colossal failure did a lot for you if anything you learned lessons of how to not mm-hmm. do shit right and ultimately you made connections you did things yeah gives you ideas to do better things in the future so yeah, everything, nothing's nothing's going to be the big break, but it's all part of your process. It's going to, one day you'll look up and say, look how far I've come. Right. And, and to that point, I would rather work with somebody who's doing the work, right? Making, let's say, like skits or shorts, since we mm-hmm. know each other through, through improv. Yeah. Um, those who talk about it, yeah. I really don't have the time for it. Yeah. I'm like, if you're already like, making things like like when i found that you had done pot a podcast mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that's cool right and then to see how many have you d- that you've done yeah there there's what happens is that lends a credibility to you Be sure. like you know how to run how many what episode this might be? How many episodes have you done? This is 173. Holy shit. Yeah. 173 episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to somebody who's thinking like, oh, I have this great idea of a podcast right. that's going to be about this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. I hope you do it. Six months later, how's that podcast? Oh, I'm still trying to work it out and I'm not too sure how it's going to... I'm formulating a, you know, what sure. it's going to be. Okay. Hence, Joey... Six months later, yeah, 175. Yeah, are you kidding me? That it's it's about putting in the work. If you become a better like actor, you have to put in the work. Better improvisers mm-hmm. putting in the work. Better writer. How do you write? You have to write. A, you have to write. How do you? You want to be a runner, a marathon runner. You have to take those first steps, and you have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry about it being like perfect. You know, yeah. when, when you when you get it to that level, you're gonna have people who are gonna 
you know, that's their job. You're going to have an editor. You're going to have someone who you write something and collaborate with and look at a producer and be like, well, you know, and, and sure, they want to split hairs about like creative differences. But, you know, your job as, a, as an artist is to create and, and to make that, that idea happen, right? Mm-hmm. Put it out. Here's my script. Table read next Sunday or Monday, Tuesday night, wherever it may have. But you have something done and then you write something else. Now I know like, oh, Joey wrote that thing, mm-hmm. da 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 he wrote this. Like, I know, like, you're doing something. You are, you, and then also that what happens is it attracts people. Mm-hmm. It attracts people who are also doing something who may have heard right. through a friend of a friend, you know. at the uh, um, Another thing how, like, I got my more connections with people was my film being entered into film festivals mm-hmm. that those connections would have never happened if I didn't have a film, right? Something to show for yourself, show, something to show whether it was colossal failure or yeah, successful or, you know, fortunate, I'm fortunate enough and grace that it was, it had, um, awards associated with it. And it, you know, sure. It helps with people. Oh, you won this award, da, da, da. But, just so they can come see your work. Like just this past weekend, yesterday um, at the ARPA Film Festival. Uh, so that film I did in 2013 uh, with my friend Prince uh, Bagazarian. Um, this was his his third, geez, his second or third film mm-hmm. that he directed. And he's back again. And he has all like people who he's worked with who've, who when he went to these film festivals he collaborated with now they're, they're that 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 network is growing for him you know and i and i was there uh since supporting him and people were like what are you up to what are you doing yeah and i now i'm i'm like oh you know did you work on this film like i didn't work on this time right. around but i have this um this other film that he has in the pipe like like i have this treatment done mm-hmm. you know i'm developing this um the screenplay right now and they're like um, could you send that to me when you're done yeah. Like I want to, I want to check it out because I got to work with him. We worked with each other, you know, through association. People want to check out your work, and mm-hmm. you never know. Also, you never know when um, opportunity will come, and and it only come if you have something to show, right? Yeah, because having something to show for yourself is also you showing people you have something to offer them. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. So. I, I like to ask myself when I'm, I have this, you probably have this too, but when I'm not creating something, when I'm not doing something um, and I'm not producing something, I have this just sense of dread, you know, I have this sense of like, I'm not getting something done. Um, and I always uh, ask myself, Oh, what am I working on? The question I ask myself is what is the holdup? What's the holdup? What's going on? Is mm-hmm. it, is the, Good is question. the holdup within your own control? Um, sometimes it's not. And I have been in situations where I've I've been like, what's the holdup? Oh, it's someone else. And I'll give them a week, usually. Mm-hmm. I'll give them a week. If it doesn't happen, I say, we're done. Moving on. You know what? I can't wait. I'm not waiting my whole, you know, if I have to get it, if I'm getting someone, I'm like, okay, I need you to act in this. Yeah. Um, and they cancel and they can't do it. And I, all this sort of like keeps going on and on. Um, I have a certain amount of time. And then I'm like, you know what? If it doesn't meet this amount of time, come up with a new idea. Do something completely different. Because... Um, I can't, you know, that, that's where people get, they get in that paralysis. Yeah, like, okay. oh, I'm waiting on my actress. She's been busy lately. She's like, yeah. you know, so. Well, that's good. That's a good question. Cause I thought you were going in another direction where 
um, it's another thing that uh, kind of, I don't know what word to use, but let's say the word that I associated with when I'm not doing anything or nothing's mm-hmm. happening is anxiety, right? Sure. Say. Um, but then you're like, what's the holdup? It's, it's also important to have rest. Sure. Yeah. Um, and this goes with like me diving into spiritual work, or even just like um, looking at these performance athletes. Mm-hmm. As as much as you exert energy, you have to have a rest. And 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 the question that you ask yourself is like, what is the holdup? If you can answer that and be like, I just need a week off. Sure. Um, like I was, I've been rewriting rewriting this uh, feature length, and then I got shipped off to Hong Kong and to London for like pretty much a whole month of September. And it, at the, I did have the dread or idea of like. Well, when are you going to have time to write, rewrite that stuff? You had given yourself a deadline and now you've missed that deadline. And so I was like beating myself up over that. And then, and then I was like, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm, I have to do this. I have to make bread to make yeah. the money um, that support that. And it's fine. And, and look what I'm doing. I've never been to Asia um, what kind of experiences am I mm-hmm. going to gain from that yeah. as a human being and as a writer? Right? Yeah, absolutely. And also as an, as an artist, like soaking up different culture. I've never been to Asia. How, what, how was that? How does it feel to be in a place you've, you know, if there's calls for a role or something like if you're writing something or what is it to feel to kind of be in part of a world where you feel, you know, the idea yeah, of exposure yeah to something else yeah that can i mean honestly fulfill you as a person and then also you can bring that back to your script yes you know new experience yeah but you gotta like keep track of sorry it sounds like it's farting all the time yeah. uh but yeah that's uh that's the way i look at it too is like in, if it's something like travel like oh cool i'm gonna be gone for two weeks you're gonna be in hong kong you know but rather than say oh, i can't go because i gotta work on this you can say this is very valuable. This is an amazing opportunity. Um, and the script can wait. And it might benefit from me going. Yeah. Yeah, I had like four things going on on my plate and I had to push those back. And I was really um, bothered by it because I was like, I had finally put together the time and yeah. the money to, to take these classes that would reinvest in myself and to further my creative n- nature. Yeah. And now I have to wait. What? What is that? You know, yeah. I had a, had a, I had a, this, and this was something new. This was a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I, I see what's happening here. Let me also, let me, let me put these on hold. Let me rearrange my schedule to, to, to do this, this amazing opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, begin again, start all over. And not start all over, but take it up again. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's uh, it can be tough, but at the same time, when you really look at that, like those two options and like the idea, it's like this is good problems, you know. That's another thing. <laughs> you know, it's like exactly. Oh, I have two amazing things that right? I want to do. So yeah, as long as you're not, there are certain. I mean, I don't know. I know when I catch myself sleeping, you know, where I'm like, ugh, like I'm not. I've I've become kind of complacent. Yeah, and I think that's a place where. You, being complacent and, and feeling comfortable is not, not a place to be, I don't know if you want to say as 
not an artist but i think we're okay we are all artists but for the sake of this conversation like like an yeah. artist like an actor or a writer, whatever it may be yeah. whatever it is that your creative outlet is is to not fall in the complacency and not feel comfortable when when i was here's another thing uh-huh. like when i was in hong kong um i told you i went to go see the city you went you were there at the sitting buddha in hong uh-huh. kong yeah um so with buddhism there's this thing about like life is suffering and and so i i took that word word literally and i think maybe most westerners or life is suffering long story short um i completed that jumped on a plane from hong kong to thailand on my way to thailand um seated uh, seated next to a buddhist buddhist monk mm-hmm. um who's on his way to go to bhutan from thailand to bhutan to go mm-hmm. see his monastery but one of the questions i asked him and it's funny that i wasn't feeling i woke up at four i had like four hours of sleep in hong kong at 4 a.m going to the hong kong hong kong airport yeah you know flying business class you know what yeah. was me yeah and asking the lounge people like the business lounge like do you have any v- vegan dishes sure. and them giving me like a you know Sorry, indifferent everybody. face yeah, yeah. <laughs> indifference and i was like i was like snappy and moody yeah and then sure enough i see this monk doing his mantras and i'm like great oh, that's that's fine interesting cool yeah nobody in business class and he taps me on the shoulder and we're sitting next to each other and you know uh, so many questions i ask him but part of our conversation why i'm bringing this up is i asked him well what about this thing called suffering because i told him my a, b- a bit of my journeys and he's like ah suffering is not what maybe you in a western interpretation western ter- yeah. it can mean uh, being uncomfortable being yeah. in, in a place of un- un- uneasiness so it means like i mean how do you grow like when you have to have that it's almost like um if you're on a path and you're you know veering off a little bit to the left that thing that could be what is suffering or uncomfortable can tap you on the left to make you go back to the middle of the road right if it's you veer off to the right you know what i'm saying it's like a uh-huh a barometer or kind of like a gps as far as like where you're going you need these things to be in your life to yeah. to ascend you know so that you're not complacent and be like yeah i just i just wrote a you know 10 pages or like or whatever it is that you're doing like go out and do it you need to have these things that kind of move you forward you need to be in a body of emotion yeah that's really it because i mean even like life is suffering but com- being comfortable is kind of death you know yeah i mean you can sit pretty mm-hmm. you know uh but we know people like that yeah they're not happy yeah you know yeah that's interesting man so yeah so anything that you do that that you know adds discomfort i'm not saying go go seek discomfort sure challenge yourself challenge yourself and and, you know you know don't try not to take on too much but you know seek out do things just do things i think yes you know don't think about what a great idea it is you know just go out and do it go fail one yes you have to fail man yeah you do um go make a pile of trash yeah like do it you know yeah 
Yeah, don't be afraid of... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think people sometimes just get wrapped in their own yeah. world of like, oh, I'm going to just fantasize about what this could be. Yeah. Speaking of, let's say like failure, do we still have time to talk about sure. my business or one yeah. of the business I had? Um, so, you know, I had done well for myself that I decided to, I thought it was a great idea. It, it was a great idea. Yeah. It's just how I, how it turned out. And it was a nail salon. I don't know anything. At the time, I didn't, didn't know anything about nails. Now I do. Now, yeah. like, like I, I still, like, look at some people's nails, yeah. you know, their fingers. And been in the world. Been in the world, you yeah. know. I had, had a really, I did all the research. Um, so, I'd opened up a nail salon in, like, Studio City. Like, was looking for a business that me and my partner, business partner, were looking to jump into that was kind of in the realm of, like, something low maintenance. Yeah. And, um you know, that had to do with liquidity for like, you know, what's the cash business? Sure. And, you know, one of the top things we wanted was like a coin operated um, car wash, but that was like really out of our budget. Sure. You know, it's like really low maintenance, you know, obviously. Set and forget it. Set and forget it. Yeah. Pass you can come. Yeah, yeah. Right. And we had this <laughs> brilliant idea of like doing a nail salon, but we knew somebody who had um, had been doing it would come on board for us, um, and who'd run the shop for us. And we would, you know, we demoed the whole place. You know, we we bought an existing business, kind of in built-in clientele, and um, you know, brought in chandeliers and mimosas and. And this is like a high-end place, isn't yeah, that like, like luxury? Luxury. This sure. is catered okay. to the luxury. Money. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and top service. Yeah. And you know, we we lasted for about a year and a half, where where I, you know we couldn't do it anymore. I was, you know, working seven days a week for a year and a half, and doing my acting, and then doing that, and having dreams about the shop and you know the the issue, the day-to-day stuff that happens within business but the failure part um out of all the research i did what i didn't know and this is something you couldn't really out of all the research i'd done really you know learn about was the workforce the one the what led us to sell the place was because the the workforce that we had, the team that we had was fairly, I would, we would, I, my, myself alone probably had like about 40 interviews, mm-hmm. right? And we could staff maybe like 12 people. So I had m- me alone, like 40 people. Yeah. And just, I would say, hey, you're hired. Great. Like, when can you start? T- let's, tomorrow. Great, that works for me. I'm going to put you in from, when do you want to come in? Like from 12 to 6. Works for me. Scheduling for 12 to 7. And we're at the point where we were getting, you could book your appointments online. So I created a schedule for this person. Mm -hmm. People, actually, this happened several times. Um, Didn't show up on the first day of work. Didn't even show up after I told them they got hired, after they signed like a contract. Mm Mm-hmm. People who did not show up. So I had. How often did that happen? Someone just not show up. I probably had that happen. Not showing up on on first the first day. day yeah. Four people. Wow. So and I had to turn in turn away customers because reschedule stuff. It, yeah. You know, and people 
it really hurt. And then I had people who'd come in for two weeks, didn't come in for the next week. And I was like, it was really fluctuating as far as the workforce staff. And I was like, what is going on? Like, mm -hmm. why can't I find somebody? And I'm putting ads everywhere. Craigslist. Yeah. Um, all the newspaper articles. Um, you know, it, it's a predominantly Vietnamese owned mm -hmm. kind of market. And I put, it, I put in ads there everywhere. Like every place. Put up the money for that. And I still... Um, I also wanted a, a diverse workforce of inclusivity with, you know, and so we made it kind of priority for that too. So, okay. so it was a, a diverse workforce, but it, you know, it, as much as we started to grow and expand and, and it was just, I couldn't keep up with the, the demand and apologizing to customers, uh, making up the same, you know, oh, your reputation, your reputation. Yeah. And if you're like the, and this happened with like two, several times, several occasions with, I had to reschedule two to three times on the same person. They left. They're like, oh, you're done. Get, that's it. Yeah. Never coming again. No, Bye. No. So Fair. Yelp review, all that. And, yeah. And, and they should. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we sold the business cause we couldn't, you know, my, my business partner had other things to do and, and I just couldn't, couldn't carry it on anymore. And you know, from there, but I, I learned there's some things that, you know, you can plan for, mm -hmm. but you can't plan for everything. How do you adapt? How do you move? Um, there's other things that I got from it as far as other spiritual, when I put this way, when I literally sold the business, I was the next week I was flying out to Hawaii to a Ram Dass retreat, mm -hmm. you know, where I thought this is like, I've ruined my life because I'm, you know, f my financial status was like, it was, this is like the lowest it's ever been. Like I, sure. I was really contemplating like, why, why did you do that? Yeah. Now you're gonna have to go back into the like nine to five workforce and you have to start all over again. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, you know, I had to move in with my parents right. too. And that was kind of a blow to my, my ego mm -hmm. for sure. And I have this big old ego thing. And I'm like, what am I doing in my life? This yeah. is stupid. That was the dumbest idea I have done. What are you doing getting into nails? To, you know? Yeah. Um, and then going into the Ram Dass retreat. Um, totally, man, talking about opening. It was The, the retreat itself is called Open Your Heart Retreat. Mm -hmm. But it, it was an interesting collective of people. You're on an island in Hawaii. That's amazing already. You're on an in a community of people who were there to support one another and like heal to um, further their spiritual practice or just to be like, want to share human stories or just want connection. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I got to meet some incredible, incredible people and, and philosophies that were, that I downloaded from them just like, uh, and I was like, really look back and I'm like, man, that was a really good experience. You know, that business right now, that nail salon, they're doing great. Like really? with the people that we sold it to, they're mm -hmm. like, they just remodeled it a bit. Yeah. Um, they opened the space a little more, you know, and they're like, they're killing it. They're, they're really doing it. Um, you know, that was a really big risk that I took and I'm still alive. I'm here. You yeah, know, dude, you did it too. You don't, you don't look back on that and be like, what would have happened if I would have bought that nail salon? You'd be like, yeah, I know what would have happened because I did. 
and it didn't yeah, work out. Yeah. But you learned yeah. so much, you know. Yeah, and the other thing is like the that your mind goes into a place of like, well, what if I didn't do that and I spent my money somewhere else? You know, you would have potentially failed there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. I mean, that thought I, I had those thoughts, and I had everyone those, does, you know. And I'm like, no, it's okay. It's it's. Yeah, I, what did I gain from this? And and sometimes it's not. Yeah, man, money money comes, money goes. You yeah. know, got some fantastic relationships out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, experience now, like when I do my consulting stuff or whatever I do, and look at a business, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa let's let's look at things. Did we look over here? Did we examine this part? Yeah. You know? But then you can't, right? You can't. Also, you don't have the luxury of time and money to do to examine everything. You know, opportunity. You know, grab it while it's there and just do it. Um, but also do with you know I'm not saying don't do your due diligence you have right. to um, but there, at, you know at the time there wasn't anything about what's the workforce like you know how do you manage that Sorry, I, I didn't yeah, I, I don't you, anticipate that you know anticipate yeah. drama coming into your salon and yeah. you know I had one event where someone was like threatening one of my right. you know um, staff like coming on in and making threats and like walking that person to their car like that happened you know or there's just you know you're dealing with people and it's kind of uh and and it doesn't go i'm not saying that workforce was they weren't terrible and not saying that also there was bad customers or bad people Mm -hmm. there's also like man i got the whole echelon of like what a good person is and what Mm -hmm scumbag sleazy person you know what to get like free service to like steal things like just a little like they're out there they're out there yeah my parents they ran they ran that arcade i don't know if i told you they ran that arcade yeah um yeah dude all the time you know like just just steal yeah just trying to like getting just taken just yeah taking things that are not theirs and you know, and then you have some really gracious, gracious people that come on in and you're sure. just like, you know, or they share some amazing stuff, you know, but I'm saying like, I've gotten A to Z. Yeah. Had celebrities walk in, come on in there, got their stuff and some were, you know, generous to, or in kind, some weren't at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people who were working class, someone who was like, coming from Santa Clarita, coming from San Diego to get their nails done and yeah. taking their daughter out because it's like her 16th, yeah. whatever birthday it was, you know, yeah. experience. And they want to come for the experience and they were so happy yeah. that we, they started their day off with, with us. And, you know, and, you know, you're also there like really close to somebody in proximity and you're like talking to them and mm-hmm. you there's an energy exchange and you want to be there for relaxation. You don't want right. to feel the tense drama of any party yeah you want just good vibe especially that sort of yeah that's yeah because it extends beyond business at that point you're just like oh man like i like this woman and her daughter and i'm this is a real treat for them and i want this to be awesome because they seem like good people they yeah 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 you hear all kinds of stories and you know and that goes into you know what what value do you add of being, you know, genuine and serving up to other people? And yeah. it was, uh, 
I still do it now, like as far as being of service to people. Um, but it really exemplified like to, you know, oh, this is what, what can happen. And all the time, yeah. some people just come in, you know, come in and leave and that's it. Um, because it's just service, but there's some people they're going there for a reason. But that, it could be any business, right? They're coming into for mm-hmm. a product or service, and they're, you don't know what they're buying it for. Yeah, you know, could it be just you know top level, like I don't call it superficial, but just <clears throat> that. Yeah, you know, and there's something else where it's something meaningful. They're doing it for a loved one. Yeah, yeah, it's like a somewhat of like a sacrifice in some way, or yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's a bigger deal to them. Yeah. Whatever the purchase is. Yeah. Would you do it again? <laughs> and then... W- a small business of any kind. Oh, yeah. You would. I would do it. Um, yeah, definitely. Diff- yeah. But, it, yeah. Nail salon? No. 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 It would be something... Reason being, it's hard to get the workforce. Yeah. That and I, I did it okay you know you've had the experience yeah like if someone said it's gonna i don't know bring you a guaranteed x amount of income i'll think about sure, it sure i'll look yeah, at it yeah, i'll look yeah. at the numbers there's no guarantees yeah, ever, no guarantee yeah. you know but i'm like no i want to do something something else um maybe it doesn't have to be like a brick and mortar it can be like yeah. maybe an app or a software or some something yeah i would definitely i'm actually you know trying to manifest that in some sense, I'm trying to figure out what aside from my acting, you know, what, what else can I do here? Yeah. You know, and that I'm still trying to figure how to manifest that, whether it's, you know, one of the things I want to do is kind of bring together or maybe teach meditation and yoga to like more urban areas. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know I've been in that place dropping thousands of dollars to fly to like Hawaii or do this t- retreat or learn this meditation type and just for things that happen just for, like let's just take away like look at time like if you were to plan something out like you have to make the decision to plan something you have to be like alright I'm gonna do that a lot of things have to happen for that date yeah. for that sequence to occur and then now you're throwing money on top of it mm-hmm. and if it's something that's that you have to save over time um and some some people you know don't have the ability to do that they don't have the ability to go to granada yeah spain for like a yoga retreat or a bali mm-hmm. you know those people already like if you can afford to go to bali yeah, you probably don't need too much, like, yeah. Where are you're not you, feeling the struggle. You're not feeling, you're, yeah, be, be real. Yeah. You're not feeling, sure, it's relative, right? But let's, like, sure. you know, I, what I'm saying is, like, I want to somehow foster or develop or bring insight to tools that will, that has helped me mm-hmm. and that can help other people whether they not pushing these ideas onto them, but like just making it available. Yeah. And right now I don't, there are maybe some, some organizations that do that, but I'm, I really, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to bring meditation and or yoga that am I going to be the, the teacher or facilitator for that to yeah. bring people together? I don't know. I'm, I'm like figuring that out now. Um, Cause 
it's done so much for me. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something, uh, I don't call it a business. Sure, organization, nonprofit. Yeah, you can do some, something. Something to, of that nature. Yeah. You know, that, you know, that could be a you know, calling aside from, I don't know. I definitely want to bring people together, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, am I going to be that? Or is it me bringing other people together, which is fine. And yeah. if I can be, again, the facilitator for that, bring it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be fulfilling too. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, so. one of the, yeah. You know, have you ever like, done you know, anything fed for some, anyone? No. Like fed somebody, have you ever like been in like a, like a, um, to be of service in the sense of like going to like a homeless shelter, letting start, but feeding people, let's say that. Yeah. I you used know, to, well, when I, I used to be more religious than I am now, but, um, especially when I was in high school, college, especially like a lot of, a lot of stuff. I did stuff at the dream center downtown, um, when I was like younger, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is, Man, that's like almost a discussion for another podcast, but we've been talking for a while, but I have, uh, in the sticky situation I get in with like benevolence and doing things for other people and generosity and volunteering, um, I have a hard time, I think this is most people, um, I have a hard time doing things for people who are not grateful for what I'm doing for them. And I know that's not a great thing to say. But that's kind of my struggle. Sure, it's very nice when you're doing good things for people and they're grateful and you can see you're making an impact in their life and you're helping them through something when they desperately needed it. Um, but a lot of times if you're doing that sort of volunteer work, especially when I was you know, growing up in the church and stuff and um, doing missions, it was interesting. A lot of times you're doing, it's not that. It's not like people crying and, you know, saying thank you so much for doing this thank you mm-hmm. so much. it's a lot of times it's just like sometimes people aren't grateful sometimes people don't even need what you're providing them sometimes they just it's if the if the if the gratitude's not there sometimes it can be very it can fill you with resentment maybe i'm just petty maybe that's not most people but <laughs> um that was definitely something um i encountered a lot mm-hmm so it is like a two side and it is, you know what I mean? It is that two sided coin of, um, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of experience with it and it's something I do think about when people don't, in reality, I should just get over it be like, Hey, you did something good for someone else. They may have felt entitled to what you provided them, but who cares? They got it. You didn't need it. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, not to draw it out, but it's maybe, you know, shifting that perspective of, of your expectation of giving you what something. I get. Yeah. Yeah. What are you getting? You one, you're, you're able to do that. You're, you're waking up and you're like, great, I'm going to go do this and spend my time and just, and I, I've been, I know what you're talking about with like, yeah, it's a thrill to hell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you are going to get those, those characters, those characters, those people, sure. those people who did, you know, just like, you know, could be a, a big wild card. And mm-hmm. you just have to, what, for what helps with me is just like, I mean, you feel it. You're like, ah, oh, like they didn't, that's not what, they should be thankful. They should be grateful that I'm doing this for yeah. them. You know, it's just, you know, who knows what, where they spent that night, you know, or where they're, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? 
and look, and don't take it personal. Yeah. I think that's another. You yeah. know, it's not. They're not like you, person who's giving me. No, this, you know, not at all. It's not. It's not about. And and it's not that. It's not like I think. It's not that I take it personally. It's it's even. It's the opposite. It's the fact that it's so. Um, what is it? It's just the fact that it's like, oh, here's where I go. I go. I worked at a. I forgot about this until right now. Um, I was in Seattle visiting friends one time, and they were like church. You know, they were like pastor. The mm-hmm. one guy was a youth pastor of, or worship pastor of a church, and like, so I was hanging out with them. So we did like missions. We went to downtown Seattle, and we were doing like food kitchen stuff. We were like prepping food and yeah, stuff, yeah. and. I remember, and it just, I remember, like, I didn't serve, I was doing food prep, but I remember seeing the people that were coming through, um, and thinking, oh, this is their routine, this has become the norm, this is not a Mm. meal that's saving their lives, um, this is part of what they do, they've built a life around this, Mm -hmm. um, this isn't a means to an end, this isn't to fill their belly, this is their lifestyle, this is where they come to eat free food. Mm, um, mm. But the people that did serve, I mean, I was there for a, four hours maybe. Mm-hmm. But then the, it was interesting, the guys that were there who were volunteering their time all the time were like happy. Yeah. They were just like, I like doing this. Yeah. This is what I do. People maybe take it for granted. This is just where they eat. Yeah. Don't say thank you, but... Yeah, so look at it that way. Like, imagine if, let's say, we were to set up shop here and give out food to your neighbors, yeah. or this community here, knowing that they can afford it on their own. Like, yeah. would, would that change your mindset if, like, these people can afford this? What are they doing here? You know, instead of just looking at it this way and be like, here you go, here you go. You know, being able to do that and, and just to be like, it's a... I guess I for me... it's a stretch. Yeah, yeah. I know. I yeah. guess for me... It's when I get the thrill and maybe it's like, sure, whatever, man. I don't know. I mean, I'm maybe I'm just pleasing myself, but I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. When I get that sensation, when I want to cry, when I really feel like I've made a connection with someone and really helped them, or even if I see someone else help someone. Yeah. You know, I see like two people, someone have a need and that need get filled and the gratitude that the person had when they were in just such a destitute yeah. time and that gets taken care of. Um when they were hopeless yeah makes me feel good yeah. so i and i know that's probably wrong for me to chase that to see that you know these like really epic emotional moments mm-hmm. when reality a lot of service is just ladling food on someone that's not even that hungry Their yeah plate you know and honestly feels like they you owe it to them that's a lot of it and that's you gotta be fine with that yeah service is service whether it's appreciated or not yeah but you know out of all those people just that one person really yeah you know to me that's that's it maybe it's not everybody but it's i think for me at this point is me being in a position to do that and really like you know okay it's gonna probably look at that scenario of like nobody is appreciative in a formal response, it'd be like, you know, maybe they are and they just don't know how to even, you know, articulate, articulate, oh, be, you. they're yeah. embarrassed, you know, whatever it may be, sure. you know, just be like, I think just the act of doing the being that I can show up and do it and then be like, good, I did, yeah, I did my deed that I was able to do today. And you just gotta, that is it, you know, that's, 
that's it. Oh man, it's funny. I'm like coming up with so many times where I done so much. Like I did in college, man. I probably yeah. touched on this podcast, but yeah, I've, I uh, did this like service learning project. Yeah. I had this like, after school program in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, there was one little girl that was like, I liked her. She was really great. Mm-hmm. I'd help her with math. She really struggled with math. She was not good at it. But I, she, she liked me. Mm-hmm. She liked seeing me come in. And I liked seeing her. It yeah. was fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, and so I got to the end of the semester and I stopped going in. You know, I was like, okay, I'd done oh. my service learning. Um, and I was like, you know what? I bet I'm going to miss those kids. I bet I'll probably go back. Yeah. And it was funny. Like, I got done with it and I was like, I was like, I'm never going back. Like, I didn't feel that connect. Like, I liked that little girl. She was great. But for the most part, the kids were just shitty. <laughs> they were brats. Like, I didn't like, they were like, they're hard to be around, you know? Yeah. So it was like, I'll probably go back to see that, like, see those kids. I'll probably end up missing them, even though they drove me crazy. Yeah. But it was funny, like, yeah, I just was like, oh, it was like, when I really thought about it, it's like, oh, it's Tuesday. I'm not going to service learning. Like, and it was a relief. Because for the most part, it's exhausting, man. These kids are poorly behaved. They were, you know, they just, they were troublemakers for one reason or another, you know, yeah. probably, you know, reasons out of their control. Yeah. They were hard to be around. So, you know, there was one girl that was, you know, definitely, you know, I, I missed her. Yeah. But for the most part, like that experience, that two hours on Tuesdays was like, damn, dude. Yeah. Are we still good on time? I, I'm going to share with one thing that kind of ties back to. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's put a bow on it. Um, so with that, like I, so I grew up, I didn't apply myself to, to school. Okay. Like, meaning I didn't study as much as I should have. Sure. At all. Um, my biology teacher, Mr. Nichols. Oh man, I was pain in the ass to some of these teachers. Yeah. And he and I remember this. I'm still. I remember this. Like I check in sometimes, and he pops in my head. Older guy, um, white male. Mm-hmm. Why I say white male is because he traveled the world, and, and, and he was a biology teacher. And this was like a, when I was a sophomore. Um, you know, I didn't initially respect him. Didn't really until kind of the mid when I had midterm exams, and he was like, "Mr. Mr. Manriquez, um, gives me his, like a grade." And he's like C minus. I think he looked at me and he was like, "I I think you you're much smarter than this, and I, you can apply yourself." You know, yeah. Um, I, I I know you're I know you're you're smart and intelligent young man, and I was like. Uh, okay, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, so I didn't, I didn't care, right? Until like later on, he shared his worldly stories. Like this man visited, he visited like Peru and visited mm-hmm. like all over like the Eastern Bloc. And, and so he was talking about this and finally like, he was like, told me all these great stories that he traveled with his wife and they're just all about like, world exploration and that's where like i'm at right now which is weird and i but i see i identify identify with those man's his his stories and i remember he said like he helped spark the idea of like when i when i do travel he he preferred not to go to the tourist stuff he'll visit but like he wanted to see how the locals lived how how people lived. and i'm like all about that Mm -hmm. but he also said you know just 
what he said to me and I was like, I am, I could be better than this. And when he started talking about like him visiting Peru and like living down there and living in Chile and like, I had, I finally had a connection with him. I was like, what? He knows more about maybe my culture and like the Peruvian stuff. Like he was naming stuff. I was like, oh, um, yeah, I know about that. Oh, I didn't know about that. Like, why does he, uh, I feel oh man like okay he knows he knows what he's talking about oh i i respect you now yeah and for being interested in yeah yeah yeah. and i'm like one why are you interested in me and he was like uh it'll you know it may or may not pass your adolescence of what you are but remember that you know life's short and have fun but you know and i'm like oh mr nichols yep your kid you're just like whatever yeah. dude big ups to you now man he's yeah. uh you know what i'm he's also saying is like he probably didn't feel that i was appreciative of him yeah <laughs> but it's true that until I, later it's, in it's life right later in life i'm yeah. like I'm t- we're talking about him now and it's yeah. been i mean a long time since you look I've him up? i haven't i'm you when i because when i was a sophomore he was in his he was had gray hair he's he's in his definitely in his 60s man mid 60s him he could probably still be alive i should look him up to see what he's yeah. up to but definitely not teaching yeah because it's been just trying not to die yeah you know maybe he's traveling i met i just imagine maybe he's traveling with his wife and just like living it up you know more or just going you know he's probably was always living it up because he's always upbeat kind of guy right and just some of the biology now i love science and also that's that's why also i was enough to like like really be interested in what's happening not necessarily biology um now i am like little mm-hmm. things but you know he kept it interesting he he didn't when you know he didn't quit on me yeah you know he just knew that there was maybe this maybe there's something let's see let's play the like devil's advocate maybe he says that to all the kids you know but you know i i shoot it, it yeah didn't ring at that point but after i graduated and after struggling in a different place and new challenges i'm like those those words and those ideologies like when you're in a contemplative or introspective or in a dark place Mm -hmm. you know they popped up they percolated and i'm like ooh, i remember that yeah yeah you should hit him up dude mr nichols yeah get at him dude I mean, it sounds like the type of guy that would appreciate that, so. Yeah, yeah, he would. Um, dude, plug your movie. Where can we watch it? Um, my movie, Abstraction. Um, um, you can probably find it on iTunes. I know there's another streaming service that... So when it first got released in 2014, 2015, it was on iTunes and Vudu. Um, iTunes, Vudu, and another streaming service but you know with here's the thing with somebody uh, else bought it from another person yeah so other filmmakers yeah that happens like look at your contracts and and we were fine with it like having like a two-year run on on a platform and then it gets moved and what happens is sometimes that project that you may have doesn't fit within their catalog that coming out that year so when you do have a film like keep on plugging at it because they might have something that's you know they have three heist films already right. or three sci-fi whatever it may be like they literally have their catalog they, they strategize on what they're going to release that mm-hmm. upcoming year um so you know another, it's on another platform i've 
someone asked me this week about it and I have to figure it out, but it's called Abstraction. So it came out 2013. Director's Prince Bagazarian and I'm Richard Manriquez. We had some, you know, some other actors in there like Eric Roberts and Ken Devitian in there. It's another stories, some other stories there. Um, but yeah, you can find it on the interwebs. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, man. It's been dope. Man, this has been interesting. This is my first podcast and, you know. Cool. Hopefully it's, it's someone gained a little nugget of something out of this. Yeah, I did. For sure. So if anyone, me. Okay. Yeah. That's good enough. Yeah, dude. And yeah. myself. I'm like, as we talk things out loud, nothing's yeah. sharing, sharing things out loud, you know, yeah. exchanging ideas definitely helps. Cool. Right on, right. dude. Well, say goodbye to everyone. It's like a thing I do. Do you have like a... Do I just say goodbyes or, or is there like a... However you say goodbye. All right. Um, ciao. All right. Hasta luego. What does that even mean? I haven't taken a Spanish class in so long. Hasta luego? Yeah. See you in you the afternoon. Like a, you mean like... A, I'm like editing hasta, the hasta mañana. I sound like a dumbass. Like hasta mañana? That's seen in the morning, right? Yeah. Okay. We don't. I like. I was enjoying one of my favorite movies, The Truman Show. Oh yeah. You know his his um. Oh, when he signs off, signs off the door. Yeah. What's he say? Man, you don't I'm even know. <laughs> it's like if you know. Yeah, it's a very good iconic morning, moment. Good morning, good afternoon, and if yeah. I don't see you, yeah. You know, good night. Yeah, it's something like I butchered it, but ah oh, man, that that movie's deep. It is. That, uh yeah that movie is tearjerker like yeah fuck that movie so good watch the truman show but after you watch abstraction yes okay goodbye